hot mess mamas. I know what it feels like to chase your kids all day, drown in laundry, and put yourself last. I know what it feels like to look at the Pinterest moms and the perfect feeds and feel inadequate. But I want you to know that you don't have to feel that way because motherhood isn't perfect. It's beautifully imperfect. I'm here to help you let go of the stress of making motherhood something it's not meant to be for you and creating a super vibrant side to motherhood that fuels your heart and empowers your kids, but makes it more productive and effective for you. Hi, I'm Michelle Bird, and I'm here to walk you through simple, practical hacks that are going to make your life much easier and create more time and space for what actually matters. Fun! Fun forever memories with your kids. So hand out those afternoon snacks and toss in a load of laundry. Who are we kidding? Let's dig in. Hello, friends. I'm so excited to be here today with you just to hang out and talk. I'm here on this beautiful sunny day hanging out and I just wanted to jump in and talk to you today about help. I have a teenager. What do I do now? My life feels slightly upside down. Yes. Do you have one of these in your house? Maybe a teenager that makes you laugh, cry, and scream all at the same time? (laughs) For us, this is a whole new season. It's a very important one, but it can be a little bit of scary, a little bit of frustrating, and a little bit of an emotionally packed season. To me, it feels a bit like a roller coaster. You don't really know when there's going to be a giant emotional dip that the roller coaster goes way down and then bing comes back up or like goes to the side and goes around a curve. It just feels <laughs> slightly emotionally draining all the time and you never know what's around the corner. So it's kind of a fun season, but it's a kind of scary at the same time. I have learned 10 new things that I would love to share with you being a mom of a teenager. Now, these 10 things are things that I was just contemplating the other day, thinking about what tips and tricks would be helpful or what things have I learned in this season of having our daughter be a little bit older and having a little bit more dependence and emotionally being all over the map and hormones and everything like that. So what kind of things... As a mom, have I learned that I wish I had known before or just helpful tips and tricks that I have picked up along the way? So here we go. Grab a notepad or a pen, piece of paper or your phone that has a notepad section. Grab something to write and take notes because these are really helpful. We will go over 10 really helpful hints to what to do if you have a teenager or if your kids are going to go into that stage next. A little caveat, having our daughter go in first we <laughs> haven't had one of the boys become more of a teenager and kind of change and life change and feel kind of crazy. So this is more based on our daughter. I know that these 10 things can connect as well with boys, but for us, these are the 10 things we are realizing, working through and some really helpful hints that I have noticed along the way. 
So number one, do not speak. (laughs) I have heard this before of hold your tongue and wait till your kid, your daughter, whoever it is, shares all their information. Wait and just do not pass any judgment. Do not pass any words of advice yet. Just wait and listen. Less words are often better. It's better just to listen and listen well. So listening as if you're going to record it, you're looking at them, you're giving them your full attention, you're listening and trying to figure out what they're talking about, how was their day, and you're able to interact. But in doing so, don't pass advice right away. Just listen, say, mm-hmm nod, ask some questions, but the fewest words possible so that you can just let them kind of go and talk and get their feelings and emotions out. Now, this might be slightly different with boys. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe we'll see. Maybe we get more grunts than lots of phrases, but this I have definitely found to be true of holding my tongue as a parent and just realizing that it's time not to speak. Number two, do not take it personally. Their hormones are currently all out of whack. Their brain is under construction and everything is just being, this is kind of just a new situation, a new construction zone, a new spot in their life where they're learning from being a kid to being an adult and making decisions and all those things. So don't take it personally. Don't take it personally when they yell or snap or are super anxious or cry or scream at you. Take a step back and give them a little bit of space. Know that it's not you. Take a deep breath. I know our daughter oftentimes will just snap at words that we're saying that may just be a question or may just be, hey, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? Do you mind putting this over there? How are you doing with that? And she (laughs) will just snap back a rough answer and it kind of makes you jump back of like, what have I done? Why are you so angry at me? But then to realize she's in a difficult spot and sometimes she just answers very bluntly. So she may not be angry at you it may just be where she is in space and time that day so don't take things personally number three I've noticed that nighttime bedtime is the best time to talk and let my tween vent to be ready to listen even if I've heard the same thing 34 times or I'm really tired from the end of the day and my brain and my body just need a break I've learned that it's really important to plan time to be attentive and to listen during that time when they're going to bed. I've noticed that when our daughter goes to bed, we'll usually do all of the bedtime routines and kind of have some downtime and read. And then we'll pray with each of our kids. And after that, she just wants to talk. She wants to tell me all about her day or thoughts, or I don't know if it's the fact that it's all dark and she can't see me as well. So she just feels more free. Or if it's the fact that it's the end of the day and all of her thoughts are kind of running into her head and she's thinking through her day, 
but that is the time that I've found that I can have my best conversation with her. She wants to talk about every little thing that happened in her day, each class that she had, what she did, how she interacted, all the people she connected with that day, all the information, any questions she has, anything that's on her mind or just bugging her. That is the best time to connect is in the evening when she's about to go to bed, when it's really late and I'm already tired from the day and I'm ready to go either grab dinner or do something else. Or I know I have a lot of to do's before I finally get to go to bed. So I'm eager to get onto those, but I just have to really make myself stop and wait and know that this is such an incredible time that she wants to connect. So to be ready for that connection and to embrace it. Number four, they are moving from being a kid to a grown up. They're trying to figure out who they are. So give them some space to be alone and do their thing. Give them a little bit of space. We try to give each of our kids some space in their rooms or in a safe spot where they can have a little extra space by themselves. Now, if you have kids who are sharing a room, find a spot where they can be somewhere in the house where they know that I just want a little bit of downtime, whether that's sitting on the couch by themselves, sitting in the kitchen by themselves, sitting in the family room outside or in their room at their desk at a corner somewhere where they feel that they can just take a moment, do their thing and just connect. Our daughter loves to hang out in her room far more than she used to. We almost call her Rapunzel. Actually, I do sometimes in saying that, oh, look, a Rapunzel has emerged from her tower, which probably is not a good thing to joke about, but we don't see her that often because she loves to hang out in her room by herself. So, she just loves to do more alone time things, whether she's journaling or figuring something out or thinking about things. She loves to sleep in later. She loves to just sit and read a book. So we try to just give her as much space as we can to just do her thing so that she can have that time to move from being a kid to kind of be an adult and process things, think about things and have just that space to connect and to grow. So that is huge. Give them some space. Number five is independence. Give them a little bit more room each time to make their own mistakes, a little bit of extra room. Now you may not agree what they're doing or how they're going about making decisions or how they're going to go about solving a problem, but it's really, really important that you let them fail and learn. And so this is actually one of the harder things of seeing them make decisions and sometimes they come to a problem the same way you would. Sometimes they come to a problem a little bit differently. They have a different solution. They have a different idea of how they want to do it. But it's just a step back and let them have a little bit more independence and to suffer a little bit of consequences with this. For example, like our daughter likes to do all of her homework or a majority of her homework, like on the first night she gets it, which is awesome. But then at that same time, 
the first night she's up till super late and the next few days she's exhausted with sports and with school. And so we kept telling her, you can't do everything that first night. You have to break it out into little chunks and do what is due the next day because it's too much. But she had to learn by being tired or not being able to get everything done and being frustrated that her plan to go about this solution wasn't working. And so I think it's just really important to give them some room to grow and make their own mistakes. And then through those mistakes, while they're still underneath your roof, while you still are connected to them, you can use that as a time to teach, a time to grow, a time to encourage them in a new way, not necessarily in a teaching way of, I told you so, your plan didn't work. But to say that was a good idea to have a different plan. I can see where you were going, but to encourage them that, well, what can we learn from this? Seems that we could learn this lesson or what do you think you might have learned from this so that maybe you don't have such a rough time next time. So as we said, number five is to give them a little bit of extra independence. Number six, now this is especially true with girls. I think for boys, it might be a little bit of extra downplay, but stop caring about fashion. I know sometimes, especially when your kids are really little, you feel like they're kind of an extension of you. Like if their hair is brushed and they look put together, it means you're kind of a good mom that you got their shoes on and got them to the place they needed to. And they look relatively decent and put together that it means like you're kind of in charge of things and you've got things rolling and you're doing a great job and so you feel a little bit better about that but as they become tweens I've realized that you have to stop caring so much about their fashion or what they look like or their fashion choices as long as what they are wearing is decent and it's not going to pose a problem that they can wear it. So my daughter has worn shorts in the winter every day. She's gone to school with her hair unbrushed and messy, matty, or maybe she hasn't gotten all the soap out of her hair. So it's extra oily and maybe a little greasy. But <laughs> I just have to take a step back. And sometimes her outfits are mismatching or she'll wear something that just doesn't go together at all. And I have to just say, you know what? That's okay. She's not indecent. She's having fun. She's learning her own style and we'll just go from there. I think I remember trying out all kinds of things in high school too, of style, of what I'd like to wear, of things I thought were cool and all those things. And you just kind of realize you look back afterwards and you're like, I was wearing polka dots and stripes and all kinds of crazy things together, but you just have to learn. It's just a phase. So to take a step back and stop caring about fashion. I assume that when my boys get to this age, the main thing will be that they are decent, that they have clothes that work versus just sports clothes all the time and basketball shorts. Hey mama, this episode is sponsored by my favorite product line. Whether you want to gain more energy, better sleep, be in control of your health or lose five or even a hundred pounds, this inexpensive wellness program has proven results time and time again. My friend just lost about 
70 pounds and another one of my friends lost about 80. You have access to a personal coach who walks with you, a connected community, easy, no hassle meal prep, and lots more help along the way. What more info? Shoot me a DM, Facebook message, email, or check out my website, The Busy Vibrant Mom. What are you waiting for? It's so much fun. It's time to invest in you. Number seven is very important, is friendships. Now, these are super tricky. I think especially for girls with all the drama that girls have between them. But they're very necessary to find really good friendships. So for us, we're really trying to be involved as far as helping connect, helping build relationships, maybe having some people over, having some girls over to do something fun, to plan things. We even did a cookie making get together over the holidays and it was a really fun time. We had three other little girls over. They each had their independent cookies and bakeware that they were doing and decorating. They all wore their masks. They all washed their hands. They tried to stay a safe distance. Afterwards, they went outside and ate cookies and had fun and played around outside. So we just tried to figure out some things that your kiddos can do with other kids that will build their friendships and build their relationships. So be connected, be mindful in how you can build relationships of which kids maybe your son or daughter are starting to hang out with more, encouraging some friendships and discouraging others. But really, this is a huge spot where we just pray. I remember praying over this for so many years and also my mom praying over this for my sister of her just having really, really good friendships. And God blessed her so much with those in high school. As we said, it's just so hard, especially for girls to have strong girl friendships and to learn from each other and just connect. So that is a huge area I know that we just struggle with. And we just take to God and say, we pray that you would connect our kids and our daughter with some really good, deep friendships with other girls that would help her grow in ways that you want her to. Number eight is just to be a kid. This is just to let your tween still be a kid. They'll still want to do some really fun things that they love to do as a kid. So make sure that you're encouraging of that and not making fun of them or snickering behind their back or judging them in any way or teasing. They may want to still play with Legos or dolls or paper dolls or make friendship bracelets for each other or all kinds of things. There may be something that they still love to do as a tween, but it may be kind of looked on as, uh, that's so little kid like, and make sure that you are cultivating that because they will eventually give that up in time, but just to be kind and be encouraging. They are moving from a space of being a kid to being an adult. And so some of those things just transfer over, but be encouraging where they are. Number nine is to get them involved in some kind of group. Now, we happen to love sports. We have not jumped on the bandwagon and put our kids in a lot of sports groups. They've been in maybe a couple basketball teams or a soccer team here and there. Ashley is currently 
working in doing basketball this next season. And it's been an adjustment to when to pick her up and going to games and when to fit in homework in between practice and everything like that. But I can't recommend it enough. I know that it's an automatic group of friends and interaction that she has. That's an automatic building block. I know it will help her build friends, be comfortable around people. She'll feel good and strong about what she's doing. She loves showing off of how physically fit she is and saying how strong she is or how fast she can run. And I just love that, that she's so excited about the physical strength that she has and what she can do. And she's looking at the positives of her body, of having a healthy body image. Also, I think it really helps deal with challenges. It helps deal with them with, I didn't have a good day. I didn't play well in the game, but that's okay. And next time I'll do better. So working through challenging times, working through friendships, keeping your body fit and healthy, all those things are really good in sports. And I think just as much with boys, I've been told that in that season, it's really important to get boys involved in something because if they're not involved in sports, then they start to get bored and then they find other hobbies and other things that are not as encouraging to their growth. And so find things that they love, whether it be the chess group, whether it be a sports group, whether it be some kind of group or fun thing. So find something that will help them kind of build friendships and be that learning space where, as we said, they can learn what happens when I don't win, what happens when I don't play well. That is huge. And number 10 is to plan special times to do things together. Special dates just to do things. I know my husband loves planning times when he can maybe go pick my daughter up or maybe he's going to be the one to take her to a basketball game and then afterwards they'll go celebrate or something fun that they can sneak in together. Currently, my daughter loves to get her nails done and go out to frozen yogurt and definitely to go shopping and go to Target. She doesn't like shopping with my husband. <laughs> she really wants to go shopping with me, which is a girl thing. So she waits and she's like, can we go to Target? Can we go get some new pants? I need shirts or whatever it might be that she likes shopping with me. And so that's become a new thing that we can do as girls. She likes to look around and take her time. If her brothers are there, they annoy her because she can't shop as she would like and they're running around crazy and then we've got to leave the store. So <laughs> it's really become a fun time to connect with her and to go shopping and learn her style and figure out what she likes to wear, what she doesn't. And I found that it's just so helpful that we can connect on that level. And I am also hoping that she... <laughs> finds her own style and doesn't borrow things from me. Just kidding. <laughs> so just to recap, number one is not to speak, to listen first. Number two is don't take it personally. Number three is remember that nighttime, bedtime is the time they like to talk and they may download all the kind of information about their day. Remember that they are a kid growing up and trying to figure out who they are. So give them some space. 
Number five is get them a little bit more independence. Start to uh, let that leash out and that rope out just a little each time and let them gain a little bit more independence. Number six is stop caring about their fashion and what they're wearing. Let them jump into their unique style. Number seven, pray over and cultivate their friendships. Number eight is to allow them just to be a kid. Number nine is to encourage them to get into a group, like a sports group or something fun that they enjoy that will teach them lessons and build friendship. Number 10 is to continue to go on dates, continue that channel of communication, connection, and just hanging out with them. I realized after I made this list, I was reading the book, Your Teenager is Not Crazy by Jeshuark Clark, J-E-S-U-R-K-A, Clark. If you look up maybe on Amazon or wherever, Your Teenager is Not Crazy, it will pop up. It's kind of a red book with a brain and tea kettle, I think it is, on the front. And it has been really helpful in just showing me to slow down and to give my tween time to process and time for space. I highly recommend it if you get a chance. Overall, I was realizing that we can't check out in this season. This book talks about how important it is in this season because like the toddler season, which we as parents can't check out because we're afraid our kids might accidentally impale themselves or we may be going to the ER. So we're trying to keep them healthy and alive. This tween season is also so packed with growing and learning at such a high rate. It talks about in this book, the synapses in their brain are kind of solidifying and becoming more like super highways. And so the decisions that they're making and how they are coming to those decisions is being solidified. Extra things in their brain that their brain is realizing we don't need or we don't process as much is being trimmed away. And so that trimming is what causes them to forget things or be kind of out of whack that as well as all the different hormones that they have growing at that same time. So it's just really important to give them some space, but also not step away at this time because they are learning so much. And it's just a time that you need to be pouring into them as much as they're pushing you away. So I (laughs) have it in my mind. It looks kind of like if you were walking in front of a fire hose and you're kind of pushing and trudging towards it with that big giant blast of water in your face or on you. It's just a constant force that you are pushing against, but that you need to be in that space moving towards that force could also kind of be one of those I know there's so many movies where there's like a giant machine or like a wind tunnel that the character or the people are like trying to get closer and towards and have to kind of grab onto things as they move towards it I feel like that's what it's like with a tween you're moving towards that giant force and you can't step away from from what you're doing but at the same time it's hard so just 
embrace it, do the best you can, give yourself grace. We all mess up. We all need patience and prayer and a little bit of grace, but have fun. I found that laughter is one of the best tools just to, as we said, not take it personally, to take a deep breath. So come on over to our Facebook group and we can encourage one another and connect and support one another through this difficult season, whatever season you might be in. I would love to connect with you. As always, please leave a review. It just lights me up. I love reading them. And subscribe to this podcast just so that you don't miss an episode. It'll automatically be downloaded wherever you listen to them, whether that be on Podbean or or iTunes or podcasting or wherever. It will just allow you to jump right in. And as always, just a reminder that I have a super, super special Facebook group for you. If you are working towards some health goals and wanting to stay healthy and accountable and just encouraged in whatever goals you are working towards this January, this year, and come on over. Our healthy Facebook group is called better health, better me. So now go and have an amazing, busy, vibrant day. If you like my mom's show, please leave a review, post a screenshot in your Instagram stories and tag her. Pretty please. Hey, if today's episode was meaningful to you, please share this with others. Take a screenshot, tag me and post it in your stories. Together we can change our day, spread joy, inspire others, and be a better version of ourselves. Until next time, keep laughing and smiling. Come join me on my Facebook group, The Busy Vibrant Mom. Thanks!